You are listening to Into the Ether, a Genlock introspective podcast. I am Ripley. And I'm Jerry. And today we are doing episode seven, It Never Rains. from the Rooster Teeth website for this episode states, On the run, the team learns more about the origins of Genlock and one another. New potential allies are revealed. Yes. So here we are, second to last episode. Shit's gotten real. Anvil's overtaken by nanobots. Our Genlock team is on the run. So it starts off raining, which is ironic, (laughs) considering the title. And they're camped out. Uh, Chase's hull on is, is set down, and the ship is set down, and they're all kind of gathered in the cockpit, just... Regrouping, really. Yeah. Um, they haven't heard anything from Vanguard, from Anvil. They don't want to risk sending out anything in case it might get intercepted. Apparently, they keep getting caught, somehow found by, by Union. So they've, they've been on the run. Yeah. Kind of thing. But we have this this nice little quiet moment between these characters. There's a little more vulnerability. And, uh, for example, you've got Valentina mm-hmm. playing Kazu's guitar. Right. He's a little surprised. He said he didn't know that they knew how to play. And right. Valentina said they had some really hazy memories about learning how to play guitar on the rooftops of Shinjuku. <laughs> Which is a very specific place to be thinking about learning to play the guitar. Yeah. And uh, they make the comment, maybe you know things. Maybe you know mm-hmm. me a little better. So the implication here is that when you mind share with someone, it's it's more than just the moment that you're in. It's the people that you are mm-hmm. is, is getting a little traded back and forth yes. kind of thing. Which Kazuo seems to take offense to. Yes, it's it's definitely opening up this big old can of something you didn't quite realize was going to be there. But yeah. yeah, it's like you can enhance your capacity to do something on the battlefield, which is what Kazu is all about. But you're trading off your privacy to do it, more or less. And Kazu seems like a pretty private person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's really an interesting character, and I think he's one that we don't really get to see as much vulnerability with as some of the others. Again, because he's yeah. so private. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's pro- probably of all of them, he's, he's the most. I'd say him and Yaz. Mm-hmm. But even Yaz, throughout the course of this whole series... This whole uh, season has mm-hmm. definitely opened up, and we'll see more of that in this episode than the next. But yeah, Kazu, Kazu is like, he's he's got his persona on on the battlefield and in the ether that he presents, but there's a lot more underneath. Mm-hmm. And this is just like the teeny tiny tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Oh, and that's an interesting thing, too, because when we saw him play the guitar, his guitar... Back in episode training days, right. right before they all went to the... And there was another time, too, where he was... Uh, he used it to wake Cammy up. And it was a little more abrasive, the style that he was playing. Mm-hmm. But here, Valentina is playing something that is... Assuming they picked up from their memories with Kazu, that's a little more sedate and introspective. Yeah. 
So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then Cammy calls them out. It's like, hey guys, we need to work as a team. And yeah. <laughs> I love it because he says, well, how would you feel mm-hmm. if somebody you know accesses your memories? And she's like, <laughs> your head would explode. Yeah. From. <laughs> Being inside the brain of a 17-year-old girl, and I've got nothing to hide. Yeah. This is Cammy, like, everything she thinks she says. And, yeah, uh, she is one of the characters we know more about because she is more than willing to tell you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is, it's, the two of them together is just this great counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Sort of th- their interactions are always so much fun. Yeah, so you've, you've, you've got this quiet moment and these, these little introspective moments between the characters and, um... Begin talking about Weller and Genlock and how they keep getting found. Mm-hmm. This was about when Calvin stepped in. Yeah, okay, yeah. I wasn't sure if that was before or after they. But, yeah, so they have. Because they were s- talking. That's right, that's right. They're, they're talking. They're talking about the program and Dr. Weller and assuming that he passed on in mm-hmm. the explosion at, at, right. at Anvil. And Chase says, Dr. Weller is dead, mm-hmm. but we're not. We have to keep doing you know, a little something. But right. then Caliban kind of perks up and his, his like little blue lights turn green. <laughs> yeah. And he says in an oddly robotic Dr. Weller type cadence, Omega pro- protocols in effect. Mm-hmm. And asked Julian Chase for like a password. Yes. And Chase clearly has not been briefed on the existence of a password. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he he gives it his best guess. Mm-hmm. He says, let the good times roll. And I, I noticed it didn't say, yes, that is the password that was programmed into me. It was, this password is acceptable, which means that... Whoever programmed this into him probably did a multiple choice of well, what are the types of things yeah. that Chase might say. Oh, yeah, yeah. A nuanced password, if you will. <laughs> so basically, what you get here is hologram message, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's Dr. Weller. Mm-hmm. And if you're seeing this, I'm dead. Right. And Caliban here, he's been... Caliban was one of the first Genlock experiments, not just in terms of the exoskeleton, but also the the cyber brain. Right. And that it has a sliver of Weller's, like a copied sliver of Weller's brain. And he has been uploading all of his notes, all of his research for Genlock through this entire time. Yes, and this is a really interesting reveal. Because it's like bringing up all kinds of questions about when does something become sentient and its own thing versus when is it still an extension and appliance of the personality that it's supporting. Yeah, and uh, he did try to, I did say he tried to program in some of his wit, mm-hmm. but it didn't really work, so he's like, <laughs> I mostly have, have him on mute. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, and there is there there is a moment where Caliban says, "Hold for laugh." Yeah. Nobody laughs. Yeah. Although to be fair, 
Dr. Weller's uh, own attempts were kind of hit and miss, too. So, so. yeah, I think I think he nailed the humor. <laughs> it's just that Dr. Weller doesn't nail the humor. But anyway, uh, I mean, and this, this is kind of another one of those um, parallels with the Halo universe, the smart AI versus the dumb AI, where I, I guess in, in this context, Julian Chase could be considered the smart AI. He mm-hmm. evolves, he learns. He is, I mean, every... He, how long did it, how long long did it take us before we figured out he was a copy? Right, kind of. Yeah, because he has got emotion. Yeah, the full the full range. He we is have, sentient. We have not really seen emotion from Caliban. No. just a repository yeah. of information. So parallels with with the Halo universe, the dumb AI were uh, specifically coded and programmed for very specific tasks, mm-hmm. and. They work and live with, uh, within the confines of these tasks without the need to grow beyond them mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so you kind of have that little thing going on, too. Yeah. Where, yeah, he might have been one of the be- beginnings of the Genlock program, but he's nowhere near the, the level that Chase is. Right. But, yeah, this is still, like, this this robot that's been running around with you and, you know, pushing... A, Chases tank into to soldiers, Union soldiers and everything now turns out to be the walking library of Genlock, not like all Genlock knowledge. Yeah. From Dr. Weller himself. Mm-hmm. So now that they've they've got they're including Caliban in this discussion about what to do next, and it, it comes to light that uh, or Chase asks him, Well, what was the next step in the Genlock program? Right. What what's the plan? Yeah. yeah. So they were currently in the uh, um, prototype. Fa- phase one was prototype, phase two is manufacturing, and then phase three research and development, they said was was moved to Rogue Technology Aeronautics Space Administration. <laughs> we've, we've, we've got a lot to unpack here. Artiasa. Because, okay, one, in context to today's political climate, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of rogue national parks mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, rogue, rogue science and rogue, uh, um, rogue sciences and everything because the administration... The current administration sucks that bad. <laughs> Neither of us are biased. We're totally biased. But yeah, the, these uh, these organizations felt the need to create rogue outlets mm-hmm. in order to survive and to spread truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, NASA, which is not an extension of the government, right? NASA itself... So... Technically, NASA is an extension of the government because the NASA NASA is national. Oh, there. That's um, right. So, yeah, it, it is a legitimate government entity. I would say they've taken some pains to avoid attaching it straight up to the military to this yeah. point. Um, but, yeah, it, it does look like we are heading in that direction. So... So the fact that we have rogue as part of this acronym hits to a very like real moment in in what's going on in today's political climate in the US. Mm-hmm. But then there's another easter egg in here too. <laughs> because RT rogue technology yes is also the same initials as rooster teeth. Right. And I mean they love putting easter eggs <laughs> in everywhere. This is so much fun in 
Red versus Blue season nine, when you f- when, when they had the flashback of the the freelancer era, mm-hmm. um, the freelancer project was housed on a frigate. Uh, called the Mother of Invention because Halo had super awesome ship names. <laughs> the Killer of Autumn, Forward Unto Dawn. So yeah, Mother of Invention fits in with that, but also with uh, with the context of the the, the 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 program. But then, if you look at the design of the frigate that was used in the show, its serial number is RT. This is like 363 or 636. Mm -hmm. But that was the street address of their studios at the time. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So they put stuff like that in there all the time. Um, So that this is a fun little... Uh (laughs) Rooster teeth. (laughs) Just in case you forgot who you were watching. It's not just NASA. It's Rooster Teeth NASA. Yeah. So that was fun. So they, de- they decide that that's where they're going to go next because mm-hmm. they 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 have nowhere else to go. You know they they can't get in touch with Anvil. They don't mm-hmm. want to go back until they know that it's safe. Their current method of sitting in a field until the enemy attacks and then running somewhere else doesn't seem to be going yeah. too well for them at the moment. So and yes. I, I have I have something to say about that. I'm going to point that out later. So they decide that's what they're going to do. And they kind of bed down for the night. Everybody's like asleep in their pods. Mm-hmm. And Yaz goes over to Chase's tank. Mm-hmm. And there's this really nice, quiet, vulnerable moment between the two of them. Yeah. Where there's it's like a little bit of romantic tension, but a lot more it's she's trying to support him. And he's having this identity crisis. Yeah. And um, when, when you think about it, she's one of the ones that has known him the longest yeah. in this condition that he's in. So she's the closest thing to Dr. Weller, who's now gone, to understand Chase's journey yeah. to his current state. Yeah. You know, well, it was, he's like a copy, a cold branch, and she says a second chance, a what mm-hmm. if. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... I mean, not not to be cliched, but she's trying to help them see the silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> or just, you know, not comparing yourself to someone else, even if that someone else is technically still you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, finding validation within your own personal journey, mm-hmm. independent of where that journey started. Yeah. Which I thought was really nice and important. And in this particular moment, he doesn't quite get it. He, he, he kind of says something else and then digitizes out for the night. Yeah. And, oh, no, where, so where did they, where did they have, so they were, they were attacked, what was it, earlier? Are you talking about when the, um... Did I forget that whole segment early on? I think I did. Um... We may have. Yeah, because okay. they started off. Right. They started I know off. They started off with the guitar. Yeah. Bit, but. And then Chase went to patrol, and then during the patrol, he could hear. That's what he could hear in his head. So we missed. Okay. Yeah. We missed an important nugget. <laughs> yeah. That's rewind sound. Um. Yeah. He hears. He hears that glitching nemesis voice saying things like, are you still human if you can't cry, can't sleep, can't dream? Mm-hmm. Which is terrifying. And then, when are you going to stop running from the truth? Mm-hmm. And 
he asked the team if they can hear it, but it's they're not ta- so much of an asking as a boy. That guy sure is annoying, isn't yeah. he? And then they're like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, and then then they get attacked by Union ships, so they have to speed out. And he's still hearing this, but mm-hmm. they they can't hear it. No, they no. So right. yeah, at at first. He starts talking about, but they get cut off because the actual enemy units started showing up that yeah. they had to clear out. And then after they cleared them, that's when Chase started going. It sure was <laughs> annoying having Nemesis chattering in our uh, chat, so to speak. And then they're like, what are you talking about? That's we not normal. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, that's where Cammy figures out that uh, they're they're following them because Nemesis Chase is on the Genlock code. Because right. th- the Genlock program had been made to be super accessible. Yes. The idea is if you can hear him, he can at least hear you. Yeah. But what if he can hear everybody? Yeah. How deep <laughs> does this go? Yeah. So, yeah. So they have... They have Chase bring his hole on on board and then download and then just no... That, right. That's where the... Yeah, that's where this discussion came from because they no longer had the ability to upload into their holons in case something went wrong because it, the minute they uploaded, that's how the, the the union was finding them. Right. So then that's what cued that whole conversation about, well, what do we do next? Right. Well, Dr. Twiller is dead. Well, here's yeah. Caliban. Cool. <laughs> All right, so now we're caught up. Good luck figuring out how to stitch this all together. Right? Uh, that's that's a problem for future me. <laughs> After a nap. <laughs> yeah, so vulnerable moment between Yes and Chase. Chase doesn't quite get it. Uh, and then they arrive at Artiasa. It's in the middle of the desert. It's this kind of abandoned-looking complex. There's mm-hmm. nobody there. So they sat down... And open up and start coming out of their ship. And then, like, these security vans show up and these soldiers with guns come out. And, and uh, you know, they put their arms up and Chase makes a <laughs> crack about, oh, nobody order a pizza? Mm-hmm. But then, saving the day, popping out of one of the security vans mm-hmm. is Henry Wu. Yeah, I love Henry. <laughs> He's amazing. And that's one of the things I really enjoy about this series is... You've got humor and you've got comic relief, but it's not overbearing and it's not it like it, it fits within the tone of the, of the universe, right? Kind of thing. So yeah, you, you'll get like other other things where they try to put in this comic relief, but it seems a little disjointed from the sto- from the mm-hmm. other story that they're trying to tell. Like here's a laugh, but it's right. This is just this really exuberant character that's just. Always looking on the bright side of things and finding the humor <laughs> mm-hmm. in in a way that feels natural. Mm-hmm. So it helps lighten the mood a little bit with without being like, This is a comic relief, you will laugh here. Mm-hmm. They have not heard anything from about Vanguard. They're surprised yeah. that the, the like, Genlock team is showing. What are you doing here? Yeah. This is ahead of schedule. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well huh. about that. Yeah. So he takes them in. To see uh, Dr. Fatima Ja talking to her about why they're there and what mm-hmm. happened. And through the course of the conversation, find out that she's Weller's ex-wife. Yes. And it was the two of them and 
uh, what was it, some major CEO, Mark Holcroft. Right, which just by the sound of the name, you're like, oh, a lot of this uh, technology they're using for internet-type communication probably came from him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he's the, the main investor. Uh, between the three of them is how Genlock was born and, and came to be, and they had all these ideas on how they were going to integrate it into and share it with other organizations before the war hit, and it's like, welp! Mm-hmm. Mm. So, side note... It happens to be Mother's Day as we're recording this, and we have just seen what you would consider to be the mother of Genlock here. So. Happy Mother's Day, Fatima! <laughs> I hope it's a good one. <laughs> they get into a conference with Fatima and Mark, mm-hmm. who's voiced by Matt Holm, mm-hmm. who's the CEO of Rooster Teeth. Mm-hmm. He's one of the... the founders of it good incidental casting there yeah yeah i mean <laughs> you can probably relate to the character <laughs> um if you want a fun time look up his twitter because he did he did some little videos where he was audition auditioning for some of the other characters <laughs> and it's i mean i i've met him before he's a really nice guy he's got a great sense of humor so uh-huh. um yeah, it's always it's always fun to see these these founders popping up and in, in uh-huh. like these other ips and stuff so um, and he's a great voice actor, too. So, they're talking about everything up until now, the problem with Vanguard, the problem with the, the Genlock being able to be pick, like, picked up by Nemesis. Um, he's, he's able to, to, like, key into them and mm-hmm. figure out where they are. Like, they can't use it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their, their holons are battled. They took a lot of damage in the fight for Anvil. Like, there's a lot of just visual battle damage and structural right. damage and stuff. So they, if they're going to be useful for anything at any point, they need to be redone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, oh, oh, man, I almost forget the most important thing. Okay, teeny tiny thing and then the important thing. Teeny tiny thing is there's a board behind Holcroft. You can bet I paused it and read it. <laughs> it is Colony Ship Progress, hmm. which is interesting. Even more interesting, and this could just be coincidence, mm-hmm. but I thought it was interesting, is that the status bars for each of these colony ships are in the same colors as the, the Genlock. Mm, okay. So, huh. yeah, so green, red, yellow, purple, aqua. Right. Which actually brings me to another thing, because that's, so that color, the Chase's color, mm-hmm. is it aqua or is it teal? Because it, it kind of hovers the line between both. So I would say that <laughs> Chase's is more aqua and Cammy's is actually closer to what I would describe as teal. Because it's got a little bit more green I think Cammy's is more like a Kelly green. I think it's even closer to yeah. true green. Okay. But I mean, the, re- the reason I bring this up is because in red versus blue... Mm-hmm. This may just be total coincidence, but I think it's funny. So when they were fir- when they first, you know, they're using Halo One mm-hmm. as their, their first engine when they started Red versus Blue, uh, because you could have your soldiers be the different colors. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the official name of the color, but the character Tucker has this kind of like this the same kind of color where it's it's kind of tealish in mm-hmm. some lights, but kind of aqua in right. other lights. Yeah, right, and some then, of these are very dependent on the lighting. Yeah, cause... and then later on, uh, Agent Carolina has the same kind of color, and they put in these jokes about, is it teal? Is it mm-hmm. aqua? I don't know. <laughs> and and so, like, 
I hope that's the reason they went with that color for Chase, because this is them and their Easter eggs. It could be. Maybe I'm talking out of my butt. I don't know. It made me laugh. So, so that's the tiny little thing. But the big thing is, when they're first meeting Holcroft, he immediately just goes through their profiles. Yeah. And so now you learn a little bit about everybody. Mm-hmm. That Cammy used to be an activist, hacker. Right. Turned white hat cybersecurity for polity. Mm-hmm. Because she got a little too far. <laughs> Whoops. Kazu was a Japanese self-defense forces washout. Washout, yes. <laughs> oh. But that's all they say about that. So yeah. it's like, well, here's some more questions that I have. Yeah, and he was... He almost was taking that as a badge of honor with this. Well, you know, there's worse things than being a washout of this program. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Valentina was former Russian advanced recon and stealth ops. And then kind of detached from there and started fighting with the Ukrainian resistance. Due to what he says are societal pressures, Mm -hmm. which, considering the conversation we had in the ether... Mm -hmm. You can draw your own conclusions from that. Yeah. Retired, but has since been pressed back into service with Genlock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yaz. Oh, this one hurts. <laughs> so she, I mean, because we already knew that she's former Union. She was a Union pilot. Right. And that she was being held by uh, polity forces, and Weller was able to argue for her release into the Genlock program because she was one of these candidates. Right. So you find out from Holcroft that she was a former Union citizen, specifically sought sanctuary with Polity Mm -hmm. after she was responsible for outing her parents as intellectuals. Intellectuals. Very interesting choice of words. At which they were taken by the Union. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you just... He he says all these things really matter-of-factly, just reading through it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, you you can see on her face that this is... Rough. Yeah. This is is not an easy thing. And, I mean, he's just saying it out there in front of everybody. So these are things that the other people didn't know about. Right. About their their fellows. And then Chase, of course, you know, rising star of the Vanguard. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, his mother and his sister became the first recruit to Genlock and the first uploaded Cyberbrain. Yeah. That was a fun moment. Mm -hmm. But even, even in that little brief thing on Chase that he gave out, you could tell that he knew... He knew that the nemesis brain came from Chase, and he's always known. So yeah, yeah, he didn't flat out come out and say that, but it was pretty clear that he was in the loop on that one. Yeah, have very heavily implied. Uh, so then they get talking about what can they do next. Here's where we're at now. The, you know, the, I mean, it's RTS. It's 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 research and development and manufacturing. So mm-hmm. so that's where they would have gone to upgrade or get the next the next step in there. Uh, Once they make it out of prototype stage, yeah. Cammy's yeah. like, you know, we need we've got all this battle damage. We need to be repaired, but we could also upgrade while we're at it right. because I've been working on these schematics. Yes, and. I was told... I love the way she spins this, too. She's like, I was apprenticing under Dr. Yes, Weller. Yes, she she definitely pitches herself as, I'm the next best thing you have to Dr. Weller as far as the actual maintenance of these particular machines goes. Yeah, yes. yeah but, uh, I mean, she's got the files she's been working on. Fatima says, yeah, just send them over. Mm-hmm. 
then we've got this montage of the Holon upgrades, and it's it's like little bits here and there, and Fatima and Cami going over the schematics and mm-hmm. pulling things out of these giant dip tubs, <laughs> like massive, massive dip tubs where they mm-hmm. pull out like this purple chest piece and then putting them all together. So you see like little bits and pieces yeah. that's that's now reminiscent of uh-huh. of our, our intro animatic. Yes, yes. And then you end with um, the Genlock team looking at their, their shiny full new, yes. full upgraded. All the toys. Yeah, yes. and there's, you know, there's a, um, a diversity in size and shape. You've mm-hmm. got Chase and Yaz's Holons have wings. Mm-hmm. And Kazu's is like a tank. Yeah. And there are horns on it. <laughs> and then, you know, um, Valentina's is very lithe. And more robotic, mm-hmm. and like all, all of them have like a definable humanoid type face, except for yeah. hers is definitely more robotic. Mm-hmm. And then there's Cammy's, yeah, which is like a rabbit, yes, an anthro rabbit with digi gray legs and ears. Yes, and... To- total surprise that this character is a furry. But what? Yes. <laughs> Where did that come from? Living out her giant robotic fursuit. Yeah, and I, yes. I love it where, where Valentina looks at her and says, what did you do to yours? And Cammy's answer is just, it me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so perfect. But then, you know, there's this other great moment where essentially there's the implication that Cammy made Kazu the world's best cosplay. Yes. Because he's like, you made me the Robo Shogun. You made yes. me the Robo Shogun. So there's uh-huh. this implication that this manga that he used to read when he was a kid, that she's reading now. Yeah. She basically made this mecha character yeah. from this manga for him. Yes, and he reluctantly admits, 10-year-old me is very happy. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. World's best cosplay right there. Basically, they're, the next step is to go and deal with Nemesis. Yeah. That's where this episode ends. Yeah. A lot of world building going oh, on. Oh, yeah. A lot of layers peeled back and revealing a bigger cast than you realized was out there that's yeah. relevant. Yes. Uh, one thing I really liked about this episode is um, it's it kind of feels like the Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers installment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel I'm a little on the odd side because that was my favorite book mm-hmm. of the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy was The Two Towers. Mm-hmm. And I, I love this this trope of having, like, traveling mm-hmm. in transit, having to go from one place to the other and the perils that you you encounter along the way, whether it's obstacles that you're you're running into or obstacles that are chasing you down. But I feel it's really easy to overdo, especially if you've got this this trope where the enemy keeps finding you. Mm-hmm. It can be really, really well done, which I think they did in this case. Mm-hmm. I did like the way they did it in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. It, it was kind of right on that edge where you start getting tense and exhaust, exhausted, mm-hmm. but they, they, they turn it at the end. I feel one place where they, they failed was the new Lost in Space miniseries it's Mm -hmm. just because if you go too hard on it Mm -hmm. you can't relax yeah and it gets exhausting and you know you 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 watch you read you imbibe media to feel things Mm -hmm. and you know to feel 
stress and to feel horror, but also to feel, you know, the, the release of these as well. Right. And if it gets to be too much, it's like, well, why would I continue watching this if it just makes me feel like shit all the time? Mm-hmm. So I, I feel that Jen Locke did that really well. Yeah. Where they touched on this trope, but they didn't lie in it mm-hmm. and, like, roll around in it. Yeah. So I know last week I mentioned The New Mutants and yeah. how I feel like it its original storyline, which is what they're kind of adapting for this upcoming movie <laughs> with Maisie Williams. So it's kind of interesting. Yay. It's kind of all spinning around here. The concept with the New Mutants was you're not ready to be individualized X-Men. You all have to wear the same uniform and learn how to crawl before you can walk and run. <laughs> and then when you're ready... And you graduate, that's when you're allowed to have your individualized uniforms. And that was a concept that was presented through the New Mutants. And I'm seeing that as a concept presented here in Genlock as well. As you, you start off identical, and as you find your strengths, you customize to build on those strengths. Yeah. It was really cool to see that evolution through the series. Mm-hmm. And I'm not familiar with New Mutants, so I'm going to have to watch that. <laughs> that sounds like fun. I think we still have a ways to go before that movie actually comes oh. out. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, man, there's been a lot of good movies out. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait until there's season two for Genlock. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that was episode seven. We'll get mm-hmm. into episode eight next week. Yes. The final episode... Yes. Of season one. You can definitely see the clear direction that this season has built to at this point is can the gen lockers successfully graduate to individual fighters, work as a unit, and deal with this nemesis that is plaguing their whole gen lock network and program? Because yeah. they can't. They can't leave that alone. They're going to have to deal with that before they can do anything effectively beyond that because they're always going to have this spy in their midst if they don't take care of it. Yeah. It's the fly on the wall that needs to be swatted. We'll get into that next week. (laughs) Yes. You have been listening to Into the Ether, a Genlock introspective podcast. I am Ripley. And I am Jerry. And we will see you in the ether.